Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Worcester Talking News, recorded on March the 30th and brought to you by Worcester News and Equipment for the Blind and with permission of the Worcester News. I'm Pippa Curtis and the team this week comprises Catherine, Jim and Alex as our recording engineer. And on copying and admin, it's the ever-reliable Carol Hartle. I'd like to extend a warm welcome to any new listeners and hope you enjoy our recording. As always, we will include, first of all, a list of useful telephone numbers, then what's on in the local theatres, etc., followed by the headline stories, a selection of general news stories, a little bit of sport, and then finishing up with the thought for the week, sunrise and sunset times, and of course, the birthday file. If we don't have a record of your birthday and you'd like to be included, please get in touch and we can add you to the file. Obituaries are now recorded after the closing music. We do like to hear from you, so if you have any comments or problems, a message can be left on the answer phone on 01905 767766 or alternatively, just put a note in your wallet. And finally, the service is free to users, but if you'd like to make a a donation, it can be sent to Colin Chance House, Wilds Lane, Worcester, WR5 1DA. Right, let's get started. And this week, Jim is going to do the important telephone numbers for us. Well, just to repeat, the telephone number for Colin Chance House here, Talking Newspapers, is 01905 767766. The police non-emergency number is 101. NHS Direct is 111. Out-of-hours medical assistance can be found on 0300 one two double three two double one between six and eight pm Crime Stoppers is O eight hundred five 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 one 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 The Worcester Hub, the Council's information service, is O one nine oh five seven six five seven six five Worcester County Council's here to help number is 01905-768-053 and you dial option 3. The Community Risk Team for Fire Safety is 0800-032-1155. The Domestic Abuse Helpline is 0800-980-3331. Sense Adventures, Walking for the Visually Impaired, you contact D. Jones on 01684 891 297 or the mobile is 07920 144 614 and the website is www.senseadventures.co.uk the number for Samaritans is 116123. The number for Worcester Live is 01905 611427. Malvern Theatres is 01684 892277. Worcester Wheels for Transport is 01905 450 654 between 8.30 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Link Nurseries at Poek 
have a session for the visually impaired on Friday mornings. You can telephone 01905 831 881 for more information. Thank you, Jim. So I'll give you a brief summary of some of the things that are going on in the next week or so. And first up, we'll go to the Malvern Festival Theatre, where a production of George Bernard Shaw, or even George Bernard Shaw's play, Mrs Warren's Profession, is taking place from Tuesday the 11th of April to Saturday the 15th. The play is about a mother-daughter relationship and coincidentally the two main characters are played by a mother and daughter in real life. Caroline Quentin takes the lead role of Mrs Warren and her own daughter, Rose Quentin, takes the role of Vivi, Mrs Warren's daughter. Tickets are from £32.48 to £45.92 depending on which performance you attend and there are matinee performances on Wednesday, Thursday and Saturday. All other performances start at 730 for more details, contact the box office 01684 892 277. If you enjoy stand-up comedy, then head to Worcestershire County Cricket Ground on Friday the 7th of April, where the Three Pairs Comedy Club are performing. It's a bit of a misleading title, as it's just four comedians taking the stage. Katie Price, Rob Rouse, Roger Monkhouse and Russell Arathoon. I hope I've said his name right. Tickets are £10, but you can buy a ticket bundle, which will include burger, chips and salad. Doors open at 6pm, with the show starting at 8pm. And go to the website wccc.co.uk for more details and tickets. For those looking to entertain children over the Easter holidays, you might want to head to the Three Counties showground on Thursday, April the 6th. The Country-tastic show is taking place on that day, and it's an opportunity opportunity to embrace all things farming and rural. From meeting the animals to learning about their care, enjoying cookery demonstrations, watching the dog agility show, ferret racing, falconry display, Malvern Pony Club will be there and the Y Valley Retrievers will be showing off their gun dog skills. There really is something for everyone. Tickets must be bought in advance though. Adults are £10, children aged 3 to 15 are £6. Contact Three Counties for more information. I've also got a piece of paper here telling me that Sight Concern are putting on something on Monday the 24th of April as part of the Connections Group. It says here, as part of our Focus on Wellbeing event, Pete Boyle, sports therapist for New College Worcester, will be taking a session on posture, stretching and relaxation. This session will be accessible to all ages and abilities. It's from 2 till 4 p.m., it doesn't actually say where, but I'm assuming it is at New College Worcester. I would suggest for any more details, you contact info at siteconcern.co.uk or phone them on 01905 723 And last but not least, uh, there is currently a wonderful exhibition going on at the old um, Worcester Library. It's um, entitled From the Cornish Coast to the Malvern Hills. British Impressionism from the 19th and 20th century. It's uh, running until the 1st of July and it's free entry and there are audio description headsets available. I suspect it's lovely. haven't been myself yet. So that's what's on and we'll now move swiftly onto the headlines themselves followed by the actual headline stories. Yeah. Catherine. Yeah. So here are the headlines. On Friday, March the 24th, Busted, 230 cannabis plants seized in raid. 
Saturday's headline was Woman Dies After Being Hit By Car. On Monday, March the 27th, Don't Hurt Me, Woman Left Petrified After She Was Assaulted In Her Car. On Tuesday, March the 28th, Man Killed As Car Crashes Into Tree. Wednesday's headline was Crackdown, Nine Arrested As Police Tackle Persistent Criminals. And today's headline, that's Thursday, March the 30th, non-emergency ops to be removed from Royal. City's Hospital will only tackle emergencies under plan. So I'll start with the headline story for last Friday, March the 24th. Busted. 230 cannabis plants seized in raid. A cannabis farm has been found by police in Worcester. Officers seized 230 cannabis plants during the drugs raid yesterday morning. Police from the Gorse Hill and Rainbow Hill Safer Neighbourhood team found the plants while carrying out a search warrant at an address in Mayfield Road off Rainbow Hill. They also arrested one person and found that the electricity meter at the property had been bypassed. The discovery of a cannabis farm was the result of investigative work by several policing teams. People passed information to the police, which led to officers raiding a house and finding scores of plants underneath heat lamps. Police forced entry to the property at 9.30am yesterday. Officers from several safer neighbourhood teams working out of Warnden attended an address on Mayfield Road, Worcester, to conduct a search, a West Mercia police spokesperson said. The warrant was obtained as a result of information received from the public and officers investigating. Entry was forced into the property and a cannabis production was located inside. In total, 230 plants have been seized that were in different stages of growth. A person was located inside the property and was subsequently arrested. The investigation continues. Officers have urged people to speak up if they believe someone is involved in the production of a cannabis farm. Police Sergeant Brian Simpkins said, We're determined to act on any information received and will seek a search warrant. Cannabis is a Class B drug and is therefore still illegal to possess and grow. To report a crime, people can call the non-emergency number on 101 or visit the Tell Us About section of the Force website www.westmercia.police.uk A woman has died at home days after being hit by a car in Warnden Villages. The crash involved a pedestrian, a woman in her 50s, and a blue Seat Ibiza car on Berkeley Way on Saturday, March the 18th. The woman was initially taken to Worcestershire Royal Hospital with injuries that were not thought to be life-threatening. However, she died on Thursday, March 23rd, at her home. PC Richard Fellows, Operational Policing Unit, said this is a very sad update after her injuries initially appeared to not be life-threatening. Our thoughts are very much with the family of the lady who has died. Our appeal now is for anyone who witnessed the collision or has any information or dash cam footage which may help with the investigation to call me on 101 extension 772-2068 or email me directly at richard.fellows 
at westmercia, all one word, dot police dot uk. That's Richard dot fellows at westmercia dot police dot uk. West Midlands Ambulance Service said an ambulance on Air Ambulance Critical Care attended the scene of the crash. The spokesperson said, We were called to reports of an RTC, a road traffic collision, involving a car and a pedestrian at the junction of Cotswold Way and Ebrington Drive at 9.21pm on Saturday 18th of March. One ambulance and the Midlands Air Ambulance Critical Care car attended the scene. On arrival, we discovered one patient, a woman, who was the pedestrian. Following treatment at the scene, she was taken to Worcestershire Royal Hospital for further assessment. We contacted Worcestershire Royal Hospital for a response, but it said it was unable to issue a comment. And the headline for Monday, March the 27th, Don't Hurt Me, woman left petrified after she was assaulted in her car. A woman was left petrified after being assaulted in her car. Julie Wilde was on her way to a friend's house when she was attacked while sitting in her car in Lowesmore. The incident on Wednesday evening, March the 22nd, has left her scared to go out at night. I've lived in Worcester all my life. Never have I experienced anything like this before, she said. I've never been so frightened. I was absolutely petrified. I haven't driven my car out at night yet. I'm still shaking. Miss Wilde, 55 and retired, was on her way to visit a friend who had just come out of hospital following an operation. While driving through Lowesmore, she noticed a man stood in the middle of the road and had to swerve to avoid him before stopping at traffic lights. Then all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang on the window, she said. I jumped and went to lock the door, but accidentally ended up opening it. He swung the door open and started shouting, Get out of the car! I was screaming, leave me alone, please don't hurt me. Then he started telling me to drive him and I was just hysterical. Miss Wilde, who lives in St John's with her son, said there were lots of people out at the time of the attack. She added that the car behind her started beeping, possibly to scare off the man, while cars continued driving past from the opposite direction, near to the West Midlands Tavern on Lowesmore Place. Despite this, no one came to her rescue. Miss Wilde continued, Eventually I pushed him away and shot off as fast as I could. When I got to my friend's house, I couldn't walk, couldn't talk, I was just so shocked. In hindsight, you think about what you should have done, but at the time you just can't think. This could have happened to anyone, it could have happened to my son. I don't even want to think about that. West Mercia Police has confirmed they are aware of the incident and inquiries are ongoing. Right. Um, on uh, Tuesday, <coughs> the headline story was A man has died and another sustained serious injuries after a car hit a tree. Paramedics said nothing could be done to save the man who suffered critical injuries after the crash in Pinvin near Pershaw on Sunday. He was confirmed dead at the scene of the crash on the B4082. A second man was airlifted to Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham with serious injuries. West Midlands Ambulance Service said a paramedic officer, two ambulances and a basics doctor arrived at the scene just after 3pm and attended to two male patients. An ambulance service spokesman said, On arrival, crews discovered a car that had crashed into a tree 
There were two male patients. One of the men was found to have suffered critical injuries in the incident. Sadly, it quickly became apparent nothing could be done to save him, and he was confirmed dead at the scene. The second man was treated for serious injuries before being airlifted to Queen Elizabeth Hospital. We previously reported how emergency services closed off sections of the road on Sunday afternoon. Drivers were warned of slow-moving traffic on the B408 to Upton Snodsbury Road in both directions between Seaford Lane and Long Lane following the crash. The headline for Wednesday 29th is Crackdown. Nine arrested as police tackle persistent criminals. Police arrested nine people across Worcester as part of a drive to tackle persistent criminals. The arrests in and around the city included some suspected of shop thefts and one wanted on recall to prison as part of a series of raids under Operation Justice. Officers also carried out a raid on Tuesday morning and arrested a woman while she was feeding her sheep near Evesham. Five officers in a marked van carried out the arrest at Corn Mill Road, Evesham, with officers scaling a fence to gain entry. The suspect was arrested for a public order offence. Police said she had failed to attend two interviews, which she denied. I did attend two interviews, and I have proof, she said. She was placed in the back of the police van and taken to the custody suite at Worcester Police Station in Castle Street. Officers also arrived at the home of a woman in Sedgeborough wanted for a suspected attack on a paramedic, although checks revealed she was not at the address. A further check was made at Cowell Street in Evesham for a defendant wanted for shop theft, but he was no longer at the address. Of the nine Worcester arrests, in total eight of the arrests were planned and the recall arrest was spontaneous after police acted on intelligence following a sighting of a suspect. Western Mercia Police is undertaking a force-wide week of action to target individuals persistent in their criminality and who create the most harm amongst communities. Chief Superintendent Paul Moxley said on Monday, This will include arresting a number of individuals who are wanted for crimes such as burglary, drugs and antisocial behaviour. Operation Justice will mean increased police activity at various times as suspects are taken into custody. We will be providing further updates throughout the week about the progress of the operation and we'll share images when we have them of any items seized such as drugs, knives and stolen items. At the end of the week we will also provide a summary of the outcomes as a result of the operation including arrests made and anticipated future court appearances. Operation Justice aims to track down these suspects who thought that they may have evaded prosecution, those who have gone to ground and those who continue to blight local communities with their unacceptable antisocial behaviour. Anyone who feels at risk or sees a crime in progress should contact 999. Alternatively, use the online Tell Us About form on www.westmercia.police.uk. Crimes can also be reported anonymously to the independent charity Crime Stoppers by calling 0800 555 111 or by visiting their website www.crimestoppers.org.
And last but not least, the headline for Thursday, March 30th today, non-emergency ops to be moved from Royal. All non-emergency operations will be moved away from the city's hospital in an attempt to cut the huge backlog for treatment and cut long waiting times. The county's health bosses have agreed to a plan which will see only emergency and vascular operations performed at Worcestershire Royal Hospital in Worcester, with the rest moved to the Alexandra Hospital in Redditch and Kidderminster Hospital by the end of May. NHS England has tasked the county's hospital trust with cutting the longest waiting times, which includes 18-month delays and two-plus-year waits for all planned hospital appointments and treatment. The ever-mounting wait for care has built up since the COVID-19 pandemic, when a decision was made to pause all non-emergency care, with hospital staff told to focus only on treating the virus, most planned operations and cancer treatment. A recovery plan, which was published by the NHS in February last year, called for all two-year waits for care to be eliminated within six months, 18-month waits to be removed by April this year, and year-long waits to be wiped out by March 2025. The target before the COVID-19 pandemic for GP referral to treatment was 18 weeks. But, astonishingly, the hospital is now having to battle to make sure people are seen within a year for some treatments. Matthew Hopkins, the Chief Executive of Worcestershire Acute Hospitals NHS Trust, said two-year waits had been largely eliminated last September and the Trust is currently focusing on cutting 78-week-plus waits before attention shifts to cutting 65-week and then year-long waits. Mr Hopkins, who has revealed the Trust's biggest priority was cutting waiting times, even if this came at the expense of balancing the hospital's budget, said the biggest challenges to cutting wait times were staff shortages, as well as previous and pending strikes by hospital staff. The acute trust boss said recent industrial action which saw junior doctors strike for 72 hours straight earlier this month had caused significant problems. Junior doctors are also due to strike for four days as part of a 96-hour walkout between April the 11th and 15th. To be honest, the main constraints are our theatre nurses because there is a challenge, Ms Hopkins told Worcestershire County Council's Health and Overview Scrutiny Committee on March the 13th. As the NHS looks to gear up elective capacity, theatre staff will be the group that becomes the sought-after nurses and allied health professionals. We've done quite well with overseas recruitment into theatres. That is going to be a particular challenge if we are increasing the actual quantum of operating theatres and lists. We're going to need more staff. Bosses are looking overseas to fill the gap, with the vacancy rates for nurses at the Trust at around 8%, up from 5% after more posts were created and a recruitment drive in the Philippines is said to be going well. Worcestershire Acute Hospital NHS Trust is also building two more operating theatres at the Alex to add to the seven theatres already in place. A further four theatres will eventually be built in Redditch with a completion date so far unknown. So that concludes all the headline stories and we'll move seamlessly on to general news stories. Catherine, can you start? Right. Okay. A convicted robber who went on the run after cutting off his ankle tag was jailed by Worcester magistrates. Daniel Lloyd, 
of Duke of Edinburgh Way Malvern even telephoned the Worcester News office last year to tell his side of the story, claiming he was in Birmingham and would hand himself in when he was ready after cutting off his ankle tag. But the 25-year-old was finally brought to justice for his latest crimes when he appeared on video link from HMP Highdown to Worcester Magistrates Court on Thursday, March the 23rd. Lloyd admitted charges of remaining unlawfully at large after recall to prison and criminal damage. The court heard Lloyd removed the police GPS tag, worth £40, which he was wearing after prison release, on September the 21st. On September the 22nd, Lloyd was notified he was wanted on recall to prison, but the defendant deliberately ignored that request. On September the 28th, Lloyd made the phone call to the Worcester News following a media appeal by West Mercia Police who were carrying out the manhunt. In that call, Lloyd told us he got on a train from Worcester Forgate Street Railway Station to Birmingham after cutting off his ankle tag. Lloyd said he was told to leave his Malverner home by his dad and there was therefore no point in having the tag. He said at the time... I'm willing to hand myself in, but I'm not willing to hand myself in just yet. Why should I support them by handing myself in? He was later finally arrested in Surrey. Elaine Bell, chairman of the magistrate's bench, told Lloyd, who'd served half of a six-year sentence, that he would receive four months in jail to run concurrently with his current sentence. He was given a one-year conditional discharge and also ordered to pay £40 compensation. Lloyd was originally jailed for his part in a brutal robbery at Worcester Racecourse. Lloyd and accomplice Chiron G pretended to help a drunken student at McDonald's in Worcester City Centre, but instead lured him to a dark, secluded part of the city's racecourse and set upon him, leaving him with a traumatic brain injury. The robbers FaceTimed the victim's mother on his stolen iPhone 6, so she could see her son lying bleeding on the ground. Lying to her, they needed the PIN code to unlock the phone so they could call an ambulance. When he sentenced them, the judge said the robbers had only wanted the PIN code so they could unlock the phone and sell it on. They also used the University of Worcester students' stolen bank cards to carry out a series of frauds. A city head teacher has called for change in how schools are inspected following the death of a fellow head who took her own life. Neil Morris, head teacher at Christopher Whitehead Language College in Worcester, said he would like to see Ofsted inspections overhauled as a result of the death of head teacher Ruth Perry. The family of Ms Perry, the head of a primary school in Reading, said she took her own life ahead of the publication of an Ofsted inspection which downgraded her outstanding primary school to inadequate. The head of the Bromwich Road School said there was an absolute need for accountability and inspections, but Ofsted's ratings were too simplistic and that something should change in the light of Ms Perry's death, adding that he and many other teachers were experiencing dropping confidence in the school watchdog. Mr Morris also said the pressure of Ofsted was driving many teachers away and was a huge factor in putting people off teaching. Ms Perry's family blamed Ofsted for her death, which led to unions calling for inspections to be halted and one head teacher planning to block inspectors in protest. 
Despite the dwindling trust in Ofsted, Mr Morris would not say whether he was prepared to block inspectors from the doors of Christopher Whitehead, but did say he would scrap judgments altogether in favour of a report card system. I would say that a lot of us in the profession are not very confident about the worth of Ofsted, he said. I've had times where we have been awarded outstanding and didn't feel that we were outstanding, but at the same time there have been times when I have not so good ratings and I felt we were much better than that. I think there is an absolute need for accountability and inspections, but I think Ofsted can be quite simplistic, he added. If it were me, I would do no judgments and just have a report card. The report card system is being pushed by Labour as an alternative to Ofsted's current grading system and would, would instead show where schools are succeeding and need improving, but so far the proposal, which would only be brought in after consulting with schools, has little detail. Mr Morris said he would push for Ofsted to use regional teams of inspectors with a better knowledge of the patch. A lot of the inspectors can come and throw a grenade up and never go back to the school again, he said. I think people might not understand that inspections involve quite a lot of preparation and there's so much stress and so much pressure that people in the end will just no longer want to do the job. A new art trail comes to city. Penguins will follow in the footsteps of giraffes and elephants in becoming the subject of a public art trail in Worcester. Big penguin sculptures will slide into the city next summer to form the Waddle of Worcester and raise money for St Richard's Hospice. The trail, which will take place for eight weeks in the summer of 2024, so it's not really next summer, is it, but summer after, Follows Worcester Stands Tall and Worcester's Big Parade, which saw giraffe and elephant sculptures displayed in 2018 and 2021 and raised more than £700,000 for the charity. There will be 40 penguins forming the Free Art Trail, which will run from Monday, July the 22nd to Sunday, September the 15th, 2024. The sculptures will be sponsored by businesses and brought to life with designs created by artists from Worcestershire and beyond. Sarah Matthews, who's leading the project for St Richard's, said, We can't wait to see our huddle of happy penguins standing among Worcester's iconic landmarks in the summer of 2024. Residents will remember how the city felt when we were previously joined by giraffes and Ellie friends, and we're excited to recreate that magic all over again bringing art trail-goers into the city in their droves. We often get asked how we choose each sculpture, and this was quite easy in our 40th year caring for patients and loved ones. If anyone knows that kindness is a superpower, it's the penguin. Compassionate by nature, you'll see them in a huddle, looking out for their neighbour when the weather turns. The penguin feels like our perfect spirit animal. The large sculptures will be joined by another 40 penguin chick sculptures which will be covered in artwork by students and community groups. At the end of the trail, the large sculptures will be auctioned to raise further funds for the hospice. The trail is being put together by creative production company Wild in Art and is supported by presenting partners Crown Great, DRPG and Worcester City Council. Community and education partner Worcester BID and media partners the Worcester News and BBC Hereford and Worcester. Sponsorship opportunities are available. 
Call Sarah Matthews on 01905 763 963 or email smatthews at St. Richard's, sorry, looks like Strichards, St. Richard's, but there's no full stop after the Sint, it's all one word, strichards.org.uk. To find out more, visit www.waddleofworcester.co.uk. Well, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. (laughs) How tall can you grow? A new sunflower growing competition has launched in Worcester. The Worcester Festival and St Peter's Garden Centre have joined forces for the competition. Worcester residents can pick up a free packet of sunflower seeds and a disc of peat-free compost from the garden centre tills. To enter, send in a photograph during the festival. The Worcester Festival has three different categories for the competition. The prettiest sunflower, the tallest sunflower and the sunflower grown in the most unusual place. This year's festival runs from Saturday, August the 12th to Monday, August the 28th and you can enter the competition from Saturday, August the 12th until Friday, September the 1st. Young Poet Takes Crown as Laureate An annual competition that aims to encourage young people to express themselves through poetry has named the 2023-24 Worcestershire Young Poet Laureate. Worcestershire Libraries and Seven Arts announced that the winner was Amelie Simon, alongside Bethany Lunny, winner of the Year 678 age group, and Evie West, winner of the Year 91011 age group. The annual Young Poet Laureate competition has been running in Worcestershire for several years. It provides a platform for young poets to showcase their work and gain recognition for their talent. On the day before the competition, the 12 finalists were given an online coaching session with tips on how to perform before making centre stage and performing their poems to a panel of judges on Sunday at The Hive. Amelie impressed the judges with her exceptional writing skills and ability to convey powerful emotions through her poetry. As Young Poet Laureate, Amelie will take part in various projects throughout the year, including leading poetry workshops, having her work published, and performing at events and festivals. Hannah Perrot, Assistant Director for Communities, said, The Young Poet Laureate event is a wonderful annual tradition in our county. It showcases the talents of budding young poets who continue to astound me with their talent each year. Congratulations to Amelie, Bethany and Evie, and to all the finalists for their inspiring work. We look forward to seeing the impact that Amelie will have as an ambassador for poetry in Worcestershire and beyond. Elaine Knight, Arts Director at Seven Arts, added, Well done to all our finalists and congratulations to our fantastic winners. And here's a little item that perhaps could have been included in the What's On. Um, The Battle of Worcester Society is beginning Civil War Nights 2023 with a talk about the Piers Morgan of the 17th century. The Man Who Invented the News is a talk show by Nigel Hastelow due to take place on Thursday, April the 27th at the Great Hall, the Commandery in Sidbury. It begins at 7pm. Tickets are £7, £5 for BOWS members and £3 for students. The theme is a true story about Marchmont Nedham, a journalist throughout the English Civil Wars. 
Tickets are available from the tourist information at Worcester Guildhall or online at the Battle of Worcester Society and the Commandery Museum shop. That sounds interesting. Mm. A walker spots mink in city. Pictures of what could be a mink have been captured near the River Severn in Worcester. An Instagram user spotted the animal near the River Severn. The pictures show the small brown animal on a wood panel half submerged in water. The caption said, Walking along the River Severn near Worcester and I came across what I believe to be a mink. Not always easy to see. Always enjoy seeing the wildlife round here. According to Worcestershire Wildlife Trust, the American mink is now well established in the UK and can be found in Worcestershire after escaping or being intentionally freed from fur farms in the 1960s. Day's income to be donated. The owner of a boxing gym in Droitwich is set to donate a day's worth of income to a family who lost everything in a house fire. Louis Robinson, owner of Razor Robinson's Boxing, said he would hand over the income on his busiest day this week to the family, whose life turned upside down when their house and all their possessions went up in flames. The pretty family home in Burrish Street was destroyed along with everything in it, leaving the family with only the pyjamas they fled their home in. Friends and neighbours have been quick to react with donations of toys and clothing pouring in for Tracy and John, JT Pretty, and their six-year-old son, Seth. Mr Robinson has been a close friend of the family for ten years. He said, I looked on Facebook and saw that it was them and straight away I knew what I wanted to help. It is not nice to hear about anyone in a fire, let alone someone you know. It is heartbreaking. They are in need and lost everything. We want to use our business and social media to help as much as possible and we'll use our manpower to help. Mr Robinson estimates 200 to 300 pounds worth will be made on his busiest day this week which will be handed to the family. This weekend he has also teamed up with KB decorators to go around Droitwich businesses with collection buckets. A Just Giving page set up by Kylie Kelly who has known the family for 20 years has nearly reached a staggering £10,000. The family said they were blown away by the kindness and support shown by everyone, helping to get their life back on track. Mrs Pretty said, On Friday our beautiful home became an ugly duckling. We shall lovingly restore you to your former glory. We would like to thank each and every one who you have donated to this fund and were truly overwhelmed. On Friday we literally only had the clothes we were stood in. Not knowing what to do and with a million questions running through our heads. Your support and kindness have blown us away. Police ambulance and fire service crews were called to the scene at around 3pm on Friday, March 17th. Upon arrival, West Midlands Ambulance Service found a man in his 40s with serious injuries who was taken to Queen Elizabeth Hospital. Medics also assessed Seth for finding minor injuries before discharging him at the scene. A decision on building a controversial block of student flats in St John's has been delayed for at least a month to give a developer extra time to answer questions, despite them being sat in the planning meeting. Worcester City Council's planning committee agreed to defer a decision on a plan to build a four-storey student accommodation block off Henwick Road in St John's at a meeting on Thursday, despite being largely against the contentious work. The committee raised several concerns about the 54 student flats, 
which would be built in place of the empty 144-year-old St. Clement's Church Hall, saying the building was way too big. Councillors also poured scorn on the hope that the entire development would be car-free, but was eventually pushed towards holding off on making a ruling to give developer new venture housing enough time to answer questions. Representatives of the developer were, were present at the meeting in the Guildhall, but the council's current rules bars applicants from answering questions at planning meetings unless there is an objector also speaking. Ironically, the same planning committee gave their blessing to a series of rule changes last month, which were at least in theory designed to streamline and speed up planning decisions. But the proposed variations to the constitution can only be made at full council meetings because they need to be voted on by all councillors. So, while the developer was not able to answer questions posed by the planning committee at the meeting on Thursday, it could do so freely at the next meeting in April if the rules are changed. But as the changes have not yet been approved, the developer must submit more information to the council ahead of next month's planning meeting when councillors will finally make a decision. The committee looked to be veering towards rejecting the application outright, but was swayed into delaying a decision after the council's head of planning, Duncan Rudge, stepped in to say that it might be easier in the future if the committee agreed to defer. Councillor Owen Cleary had earlier said the block of student flats was way too big and threw doubt on the scheme ever staying car-free, but agreed to revoke his call for the application to be rejected in favour of deferring a decision. Mr Rudge argued that if councillors voted to reject the new student flats, it would leave the developer, who could either appeal to a government planning inspector to overturn the decision, or put forward a completely new plan with no way back. Ahead of the meeting, planning officers at the council had recommended the flats to be given the green light. Right. The owner of a Worcestershire bakery says the business has grown bigger than she ever expected. Three Bears Bakery has been attracting long queues at farmer's markets in Worcester and Malvern, but started out in the kitchen of mum of three, Nikki Riley. I started six years ago baking from home, she said. I had three young children and the job I had at the time wasn't ideal, so I started doing birthday cakes and they proved popular. In lockdown, the parties stopped, so we started doing brownies, blondies, cookies, etc., and delivering them locally. That's when we grew massively. People wanted to have their treats, so we would do knock-and-run street deliveries. The company now operates from its own bakery in Hanley Swan and makes monthly appearances at Worcester Market and Malvern Farmers Market. We don't do the birthday cakes anymore, it's just the brownies, blondies, etc. We now have a little counter at the bakery. We're not open regularly, it's more a pop-up shop. We advertise it on social media and people can come and get their stuff. We do a few postal orders as well, something else that started in lockdown. I always wanted to run my own business. My degree was in business management, but the baking just kind of happened. It's grown bigger than I ever expected, but in a good way. Nicky doesn't believe there's any one item that could be described as the bakery's bestseller. It's a bit of everything, really, she said. We advertise a lot on social media, showcasing our new bakes and things that people like. At the moment, it's the Easter-themed things that are doing well. People like a mix of things. We do a mix box of six, and nine times out of ten, that's what people buy. 
As for the future, Nikki says the plan for the next year is to keep doing what we're doing, as it's definitely working for us right now. We'll be sticking with our regular monthly markets in Malvern, Worcester and Edgebaston as well, as getting involved with events such as the Malvern Food Festival and Three Counties shows. We also have a couple of secret projects up our sleeve. Epic bid for funds over two weeks. A solicitor has set herself the challenge to run two marathons in two weeks, with one in another country, to raise money for the Warriors Community Foundation. Annabel Brown, 24, will take on the Paris Marathon on April the 2nd and the Manchester Marathon on April the 16th to raise money for the foundation to continue to offer its support and services. Annabel, who is a corporate merger and acquisition solicitor at Gowing WLG LLP, is currently going through vigorous training to make sure she is in her best shape and raise as much as possible for a cause close to her heart. The foundation is a standalone entity and while linked to the late Worcester Warriors Rugby Club, it is funded entirely through charitable grants, sponsorships, donations, events and fundraising, Annabelle said. In order for the foundation to continue to offer the fantastic services and specialist support that it does, it needs funding which is why I want to raise money for such a wonderful cause. I have spent time with members of the Foundation getting to know the people that benefit so much from it. The Foundation supports a number of different groups within the local community, including those who are isolated, disengaged, disadvantaged, and living with a range of disabilities or conditions, as well as individuals who live with individual complex needs. Over the last year, the Foundation has helped more than 15,000 people through various different means, including via the Dementia Cafe and wheelchair rugby sessions. Annabelle continued, It plays a pivotal role in the local community, providing support and guidance for those who need it most. And without it, we would be at a great loss. To donate to Annabelle's challenge, visit www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Annabelle hyphen Brown 6. Sorry, that's so long. To find out more about the Warriors Community Foundation, visit www.worcesterwarriorsfoundation, all one word, dot org. Should we have a break before we get into the sport? Do you want to have another little... Not, not in the get-up and meet break, or, or do you want to... Is there some more news to read, or...? Yeah, more news to read. OK. What were you going to say? How much sport is there? This not a lot. There's no, probably one article say. each. Yes. Okay. Do you want me to hand it out now? Oh, I see. Well, or, at least, why don't you do it? Just okay. do that now. So that What's your most favoured sport, favourite sport, Jim? Oh, you can mind. have first choice. I don't mind. Why don't you do that one? That's a sort of mm, time not on... Well, X-Warrior launches 30th Race for Life, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, there was something about... No, that's too out of date. Do you want to do cricket? I don't mind what I do. No, oh, all right. Um, I used to avoid sport like the plague at school. All so oh, right, OK, really so it's not something that's pinched point. Yeah. Same. The only sport... It's, my, it's croquet now for me. It's a cad's game, you know. I can watch a bit of snooker. Oh, yeah, watching it all day. <laughs> you can do that one, which is Pippin also... Bowls. For those of you with black and white televisions, the pig is next to the blue. Yeah, I remember that. Um, just be edit it as much as you like, Jim. Sure. Because it's you know pretty dull. Uh, and I've got something on cricket then. Well, that's a shame. I am probably the one most interested in sport then. 
Well, that's all right. All right. It's not a shame. Oh. Somebody's got one something about Worcester on the back of theirs. Um, what about Worcester cricket? Is it on the back of there about a rain something? Yes. Other? Okay, so when you've um, finished, so it depends. You, you. I might be first. Okay. Yes. Well, whoever's first yes, can okay, read that. Put it there. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Right, but we'll carry on for the moment now with yeah. general news stories and. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've got to go through till five o'clockish, haven't we? Mm. Right. Are we ready? Sorry? Twenty past six. Yeah, I can't tell the time. It's twenty past five, and mm. that should be the clock. I'll, I'll leave all this bit in. The clocks <laughs> didn't go forward here. <laughs> Sorry, did you start? We're living in a time warp, but talking it's pages. It's because the clock said twenty-five past five, and it completely threw me. Okay, it's twenty-five past six. I think I might. No, it's not. It's twenty-five past five. Oh, I see. It is. They haven't put the clock forward. <laughs> Now, you've, now um, you're confusing me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. okay, I've got the time now. Right, right. Off we go. A train has been named after one of Worcester's most famous sons to mark a new fleet rollout. The train was named after Sir Edward Elgar at a ceremony held at Worcester Shrub Hill State Railway Station. The train is one of 26 in West Midlands Railway's new Class 196 fleet, which is being introduced as part of the operator's £690 million investment in new trains and infrastructure. The new fleet is being rolled out onto West Midlands Railway's Hereford line. Ian McConnell, West Midlands Railway Managing Director, said, I am delighted our passengers in Hereford and Worcester will soon be travelling on these brand new trains. This fleet brings a much improved passenger experience, including smart air conditioning, which adapts to the carriage environment, and PowerPoints at every seat. Communities are at the heart of our business, and the fact that our colleagues have chosen to name one of the trains which will serve this new route after an iconic local figure is testament to that. The first trains in the fleet entered service between Birmingham and Shrewsbury in October. Following a period of route testing and driver training, the trains are due to begin carrying passengers between Hereford, Worcester, Bromsgrove and Birmingham for the first time next month. Tom Painter, Executive Director of West Midlands Rail's Executive, sorry, West Midlands Rail Executive, said, As a local resident and regular user of the line between Worcester, Hereford and Birmingham, I am delighted to see the introduction of these brand new trains. With all their modern features, they will offer customers a journey experience worthy of this beautiful and historic part of central England and the Welsh marches. £350,000 to help people who are struggling. Worcester's share of government household support funding for the next year will total £353,686 and the City Council has said it will be spending the money on schemes to help struggling households pay for food and buy white goods such as fridges, freezers and washing machines. Some of the Department of Work and Pensions money will also be put aside to fund food vouchers to be given to preschool children and college students that can be used at supermarkets during school holidays alongside £100,000 for Worcester Food Bank. Councillor Lynn Denham, who chairs the Council's Health and Wellbeing Committee, tasked with signing off on the proposals, said reading a list of the funding was a sad indictment of life in Britain today. 
Worcester City Council said it will use some of the £350,000 to pay for accommodation deposits for homeless residents and grants to help cover the rent of those aged over 65 who are struggling to pay energy bills. A breakdown of the funding, on top of the donation to Worcester Food Bank, includes £106,000 for the Council's Discretionary Welfare Assistance Scheme, which will be used for emergency payments to help households pay food and energy bills, £78,000 for the School Holiday Meal Voucher Scheme, and £60,000 to help pensioners struggling to pay energy bills. Worcester City Council also revealed how it will finally be spending almost £50,000 to tackle food poverty almost two years after that money was first set aside. The bulk of the money will go to helping those struggling, with £40,000 set aside to pay for clothes, school uniforms, shoes, beds and bedding. Up to £6,800 will go to Charity Action for Children's Crisis Fund. In March 2021, Worcester City Council promised to spend at least £50,000 on measures to deal with rising food poverty, and until now the money has remained unspent. Worcester has in all been given almost £8 million to help people. I'm living in a cesspit. A pregnant woman said she would rather be homeless than bring her baby up in her mouldy flat. She is described as being a mould cesspit. Natia May Griffiths, who is 14 weeks pregnant, has been battling with mould in her flat on Albert Road in Worcester for four years. She says there's mould on her floorboards, walls, bathroom and her bed and she feels neglected by platform housing. But now Miss Griffiths, aged 23, said the mould in her home scares the living daylights out of her because she's expecting her first baby in September. After three miscarriages, Ms May Griffiths, 23, refers to her unborn child as a rainbow baby. She says, I call this baby the rainbow baby because there's always a rainbow after the storm. And the three miscarriages were the storm. However, she said she wants to enjoy her pregnancy and her rainbow baby, but feels that though she cannot because she's ashamed of her one-bedroom flat, which has mould in every corner. I'm ashamed to have guests around. I don't even want my mum around. I don't want to bring my baby up in the flat with the damp and the mould. I would rather be homeless than have my baby in this flat. And that is saying something. No matter how much I clean it, I still feel dirty and ashamed. You don't come out of the shower feeling clean. I have to eat and sleep with mould everywhere. I had to sleep on a mattress on the floor for two years because of the mould in my flat. I pay money each week for a mouldy cesspit. Ms May Griffiths initially contacted Worcester News in July 2022 because there was a hole in her bathroom which was causing her floorboards to become mouldy. She says, when I contacted the Worcester News, they got into gear, but they, they botched up my floorboards. Ms May Griffiths claimed the workers covered the mouldy floorboards with new floorboards instead of killing the mould. As a result, the mould has spread all over her one-bedroom flat. Steve Summerfield, external contracts manager at Platform Housing Group, said, We are sorry to hear of our customers' concerns. We are undertaking a survey this week and are in touch with the customer. Hmm. Wombles clean up estate. Well, there, you know. Volunteer litter pickers known as the Warned and Wombles 
have made the area into one of the nicest and friendliest places to live and work. Founder Sarah Murray thanked all those who helped clean up Warnden and Warnden villages as the group celebrated its second birthday. She said, After two years of litter picking, I want to thank all the volunteers who join in, making our area one of the nicest, friendliest places to live and work. I never imagined that Warnden Wombles would grow and inspire such community spirit. It's a lovely, friendly group which brings neighbours together and has demonstrated how much the residents of Warnden really do care about their area. The idea to form the group started during lockdown as a way to bring neighbours together for fresh air and gentle exercise while caring for the environment. Group members frequently litter pick in their spare time and monthly litter picks are held with the whole group. Mrs Murray also praised the work of parish councillor Dawn Merriman, who frequently leads litter picks when Sarah is unavailable. She said, Dawn works incredibly hard for the parish and I can't thank her enough for how much energy she puts into Warnden Wombles. Councillor Merriman also praised the volunteers of the group, saying, It is truly inspiring to see how this group has gained momentum over the last two years. The volunteers are making a huge difference to the environment for both residents and wildlife. Along with all the hard work, many friendships have been made, and I'm proud to be a Womble. The litter picks are organised through the Warnden Wombles Facebook group, and everyone is welcome to get involved, with litter picking equipment available to borrow depending on numbers. The Warnden Wombles Facebook group now boasts over 100 members on its private Facebook group. Warnden Wombles volunteers pledged to collect 15 bags of rubbish as part of the Great British Clean-Up, taking place between March the 17th and April the 1st. The former listed home of a city jewellers is finally set to be spruced up after being left to rot. The Grade 2 listed building in Angel Street in Worcester has been completely empty since 2016, and new plans show how the deteriorating former shop and jewellers would be brought back to life. The building, which has been split into two units, including the Mine Jewellers, which shut in 2016, and the BSM Driving School, which closed its doors in 2002, would become one ground floor shop under the new plans by Arshad Multani, with the remaining floors converted into flats. Worcester City Council did give permission for the building to be transformed into a new shop and flats in 2016, but the work was never carried out. After the shops closed, the doorways of the listed building became a a site for sex, drug-taking and overdosing and urinating. The Grade 2 listed building in Angel Street was originally a house dating back to the 18th century and shop fronts from the 19th century that were later refurbished in the 1980s. The application reveals some of the details of the proposed renovation, but also asks for security gates to be installed on the building as an urgent measure. The planned refurbishment would be one of several transformations in Angel Street and Angel Place in the coming months. Worcester City Council is pressing ahead with its multi-million pound plans to open a new performing arts venue at the nearby former Scala Theatre. The council submitted a planning application at the start of the year, which would include a new 500-seat venue, but the work was scaled back because of money woes. 
the council ended up ditching several parts of the project, including a separate 110-seat venue, dance studio and rehearsal space to help pay for the centrepiece Scala work. Council bosses were left sweating over the increasing cost of the Cornerstone project, which had spiralled because of the rising cost of construction and materials, and relied on government ministers giving the green light to move £6 million away from the council's other scrapped projects to pump all the money into making sure the new arts venue gets built. Most crime-hit streets. The most crime-hit residential streets in Worcester can be revealed. As previously reported, there were 1,147 crimes reported across the city in January, the latest month of data made available. The data has been released by West Mercia Police, revealing the number of the types of crime reported as well as their location. Breaking down the data by street reveals the most crime-hit residential street in Worcester in January was Gresham Road in Dines Green, with 13 reports. Fairmount Close off Brickfields Road had 11 reports, while Robborough Drive in Warndon and Wiselack Place in Warndon Villages both had 10 reports. Among the most crime-hit city centre streets that month were Angel Street, 29 reports, Angel Place, 13 reports, The Foregate, 12 reports, Church Street, 12 reports, Castle Street, 12 reports, and Southfield Street, 10 reports. The crimes reported in Gresham Road included violence and sexual offences, public order and antisocial behaviour. There were 41 burglaries reported, including in Albany Road, All Saints Road, Beecham Close, Salters Close and Mappet Place. There were six robberies reported in January, including in Gillam Street, Mulberry Terrace, Astwood Road and The Foregate. In comparison, the most crime-hit residential streets in December were Wiselack Place in Warndon Villages and the Avenue in St John's, which both had 13 reports of crime each that month. During January, the most common type of crime was violence and sexual assault, which accounted for 410 of the reports. Second on the list was antisocial behaviour, with 190 reports. And the third most prevalent crime was shoplifting, with 121 reports that month. Some of the crimes in the violence and sexual assault category took place at Asda in Silver Street, Crowngate Shopping Centre and the Co-op in Barker Street. In December, there were 1,100 crimes reported in Worcester. There were 406 violence and sexual assault offences reported, 194 reports of antisocial behaviour and the third most prevalent crime was other theft with 101 reports that month. A fish and chip shop which closed suddenly is to reopen under a new manager and with a new name. Lowesmore Fish Bar in Lowesmore, Worcester was pictured boarded up last summer but will soon be the place, and there is a pun here because they've spelt that P-L-A-I-C-E, to be once again for a fish and chip supper. The premises is expected to open in a fortnight under a new name, Solomon's Fish Bar, offering traditional fish and chips. As new managers issue a reassuring message, Honky's shop is going to be okay soon. A reference to the larger-than-life man who once made the business a household name in the city. Roham Nadarazli, who runs the Hangar Cafe in Reindeer Court, said, 
I'm happy to say we took over the business and hopefully will run it soon. The 34-year-old came originally from Iran five years ago and says coming to Worcester was one of the greatest things that happened to me. He called the city so welcoming. He said, I'm trying to keep it as traditional as possible. I will change the name and have created a new logo. I'm very excited and a bit worried as well. The hope is he will start with three staff, including himself, but aims to increase this to seven. They've taken over the premises on a short-term five-year lease. We reported in August how wooden boards completely covered the frontage of Lowesmoor Fish Bar in Lowesmoor. No explanation was given by way of a notice on the fish and chip shop itself or on the shop's website or Facebook page. Previously, the business was run by local character Honky George Fletcher, who had the shop for more than 50 years until he retired in 1985. Worcester News stalwart writer Mike Price described how Mr Fletcher was given the nickname as a lad when he delivered bread at night and would drive round the city streets shouting honk, honk, honk because his van hadn't got a horn. Mr Price wrote, Honky Fletcher was so well known he's probably the only person ever to have an anti-obituary carried in this paper. That happened when he went into hospital for a serious operation and a well-meaning friend reported him dead. The news soon spread like wildfire, leading his wife to take out a notice in the paper to say that, in fact, her husband was recovering well, while another in his chippy window said simply, Honky's OK. Well, there we are. (laughs) What more can one say? Over to you, Catherine. Well, this might not be the first story about the coronation, but I'm sure it won't be the last. The Mayor of Worcester, Councillor Adrian Gregson, is to host a special lunch at the city's historic Guildhall to mark the coronation of King Charles III. The coronation big lunch on Sunday, May the 7th, is part of a whole weekend of celebrations for the coronation of King Charles III, and the Mayor is inviting charity and volunteering organisations to nominate representatives to attend. The event will be hosted by the Mayor at midday and will consist of a pre-lunch aperitif followed by a buffet lunch held in the Guildhall's magnificent assembly room. All invitees will also be presented with a civic gift from the Mayor in recognition of the event and the coronation. Charity and volunteering organisations and groups from across the city are invited to nominate either two people from their organisation or one person plus a guest. The mayor said, The Coronation Big Lunch is a perfect way to celebrate the hard work and dedication shown by so many Worcester residents who go above and beyond to help others in the community. I'm really looking forward to welcoming many of these people to my Coronation Big Lunch and I'd urge anyone working in voluntary or charitable organisations in Worcester to nominate, as a guest, someone who's made a great contribution to charitable and volunteering work within the community. To nominate someone, you must be 18 or over and you cannot nominate yourself. Nominations must be received no later than 12 noon on Friday, April the 7th and they will be selected on a random basis and successful nominees will be contacted by email on Monday the 17th of April. Bank branch safe for now. Barclays will close another 14 branches at sites across the UK but the Worcester branch is safe for now. 
It is the third time this year the banking giant has announced branch closures, taking the total to 58 so far in 2023. However, a spokesperson for the company has confirmed the Worcester branch is staying put for now. Our branch network is constantly reviewed, but there are no current issues to close Barclays 54 High Street Worcester, said the spokesperson. Banks have been closing branches for years as more and more people choose to do their banking online, reducing the need for physical banks. Barclays, Nationwide, Virgin Money, NatWest, Lloyds, Halifax and TSB have announced that 132 closures between them, data from Link, a cash machine company, said. The closures will affect communities, giving some people fewer alternatives to do their banking. But for those who are unable to bank online, this can create issues. Jenny Ross, money editor at Witch, said bank branch closures don't just make access to cash more difficult for the millions of people across the country who rely on it, but it also cuts vital in-person banking services, which are particularly important for customers who are not ready or able to bank online. Schemes introduced by the banking industry to protect these services, such as banking hubs, are a good start in plugging gaps left by the removal of physical branches, but they must be rolled out much more quickly if consumers are to feel their benefits. Also of concern is the prospect of cash users having to fork out their own money just to make withdrawals. The government must look again at the proposals to introduce a guaranteed minimum levels of free access to cash. Philanthropists have been left at the spot where a 26-year-old man died in a car crash at the weekend. Joby Haynes has been named locally as the man in a white Volkswagen Golf who died after it crashed into a tree on the B4082 on Sunday, March the 26th. A second man, aged 23, was airlifted to Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham with serious injuries following the crash. Yesterday, there were a number of floral tributes left on and around the tree, just past the junction for Seaford Lane, near Pinvin. West Midlands Ambulance Service said a paramedic officer, two ambulances and a basics doctor arrived at the scene just after 3pm. On arrival, crews crews discovered a car that had crashed into a tree, said a spokesman for the ambulance service. One of the men was found to have suffered critical injuries in the incident. Sadly, it quickly became apparent nothing could be done to save him and he was confirmed dead at the scene. A spokesperson for West Mercia Police said, Anyone who was in the area who may have seen the car prior to the collision or who may have witnessed the collision or have dash cam footage of it is asked please to get in touch. Please contact PC Toby Lawton on 07773 047478 or via email toby.lawton@westmercia.police.uk Right well if you thought you knew about computers and I thought I did this is a bit puzzling but anyway see what you think Restaurant offers vegans 3D printed steak. (laughs) Vegans will be able to get their hands on a 3D printed steak at a restaurant 
um, quite near Worcester. Vigi and Boulevard in Starbridge is offering a new range of 3D printed steaks which don't contain meat. The unique steaks are made with a mixture of soy, chickpeas, beetroot, nutritional yeast, coconut fat and pea protein. Customers can get their hands on the steak every Thursday on a special steak night with options of flank, strip loin and tenderloin up for grabs. The 3D printer mixes the ingredients together and prints the steak on an adhesive bed one layer at a time in order to create a steak-shaped piece of food. Ben Powell, who owns the restaurants with his wife Nicola, said, Five years ago, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me we'd be selling 3D printed meat at the pub. It's crazy and really cool, and I don't think there's anything better than this. The technology manages to replicate the texture of a real steak. And Mr Powell said, I used to eat meat ten years ago, so just going from memory is the closest thing we will get to a vegan steak in 2023. Theft attempt horrifies mum. A mum has described the terrifying moment masked men tried to steal her daughter's motorbike, sharing CCTV footage of the attempted raid. The attempted theft happened on a driveway at a home in Martley Road in St John's, Worcester, by Tesco Express. The incident was not reported to West Mercia Police as the suspects did not manage to get away with the motorbike, the family believing that security features at their home meant the men left empty-handed. We reported last Wednesday, March 22nd, how three men attempted to steal a motorbike in the vicinity of Brookside Road in St John's at 4pm. The victim of the attempted theft in St John's says the incident in Martley Road happened later the same evening and believes it may be linked, but this has yet to be confirmed by West Mercia Police. The footage shows men with masks and hoods and one shining a torch in the driveway of the home. The mum said, after reading the story published about Brookside, we had a motorbike later in the evening, so I'm assuming they came back. Fortunately, we immediately removed her bike and have since put in better CCTV and floodlighting. The woman who asked not to be named said she believed that motion detectors on her drive scared off the intruders. She said it made us feel violated that people came to our drive trying to take something we'd saved a long time for. My daughter, who the bike belonged to, is scared of being at home and my other children feel frightened that strangers were around our home. If you have information or CCTV footage that could assist the police with the attempted theft in Brookside Road, you can let them know by using the online Tell Us About form on the West Mercia Police website at westmercia.police.uk, quoting incident reference 344 underscore I underscore 2203202023. Alternatively, you can pass on information anonymously to the independent charity Crime Stoppers by calling 0800 555 111. A group of mums went for a stroll in the sunshine as part of the free event organised by Worcester Small Business. Glowing Mummers' first coffee and walk event took place on March the 21st, starting in Gallibolt Park. After meeting at the pump house, it was an opportunity to grab coffee and cake for those who wanted it and then walk around Pitchcroft. Glowing Mummer, owned by specialist antenatal and postnatal personal trainer Rosie Bly, 
organised the event to give mums the opportunity to get out and enjoy the physical and mental health benefits of exercise through walking while having a chat and a coffee. Rosie, who also works as a midwife and herself has recently given birth to her fourth child, said that there was a great turnout. They now plan on making this a monthly event. For more information, including the next meet date, head to www.glowingmama.co.uk or keep an eye out on social media Glowing Mama pages. A popular vegan restaurant in Worcester has made the difficult decision to close for good just three months after it reopened. The new owners of Be The Change in New Street said they'd given it our best shot but were shutting for good on Saturday, that's April the 1st. Be The Change on New Street was one of the go-to vegan eateries in the city for the past five years. The restaurant reopened under new ownership in 2022 after closing temporarily and then being listed for sale in the same year. The reason behind the recent permanent closure is still unknown. Worcester News has contacted Be The Change but they've not provided a comment. A spokesperson for the business said, We've taken the difficult decision to close the doors at BTC. We have given it our best shot and understand that it was no easy position to fill. As we come to terms with this decision, we thank everyone who's supported our small business over the past few months. We'll be open this Saturday as our last day to make sure no food goes to waste, so please head down and show some small business support. Thank you all. If you have any questions, please allow us time to get back to you, but we welcome any feedback or questions you may have. The business previously had two different locations in Worcester, including a restaurant on New Street and Be The Change Baker Difference on Corn Market. Be The Change opened its cafe in 2018, which proved to be so popular that it opened a second venue, a restaurant on New Street in 2021. But in September 2022, the restaurant said it would be closing for two weeks, with no specific reason given. A post on its Facebook at the time said that things had been very tough lately and the closure was through nobody's fault. Be the change then appeared for sale on Right Move for £325,000 with vacant possession. It was then sold and the latest owners took over the business. Packet Inn Zero Waste Shop has now opened in the former Be The Change Cafe in Corn Market. Be The Change was the city's foremost vegan restaurant, with Little Bento Box in the Shambles Market Hall being the only other completely vegan restaurant left in the city. Households fear keeping up with payments. Almost half of households are concerned about keeping up with rent and mortgage payments over the next year due to the cost of living crisis, according to finance firm Legal and General. Bosses at the pensions and life insurance giant also warned that inequalities across Britain have worsened over the past year, as the poorest households have been hardest hit by rampant inflation. The Office for National Statistics, ONS, said last week that inflation surprisingly increased to 10.4% in February, as surging food and drink prices kept pressure on household budgets. New research from LNG has revealed the extent to which rising costs have battered household finances with a particularly hard impact on the poorest in society. The group's latest Rebuilding Britain index found that 95% of working households in the UK 
have taken a real terms pay cut over the past 12 months. Lower income households have been more severely affected, with 99% of households with incomes under £20,000 having taken a real terms cut. Meanwhile, around 83% of those with an income of more than £100,000 were better off over the past year. Right, well, if we're going to have time for the sport and all the other little bits and pieces, we'll finish there on general news and I will begin with the first sports story, which is actually rather um, a non-story because it's about the fact that it's just been raining all the time on the cricket. So, more rain ended the prospect of any play on day three of the pre-season warm-up clash between Warwickshire and Worcestershire. The weather meant no play was played on Wednesday or Tuesday, which already came after the pre-season matches with Gloucestershire and Oxford were cancelled. It all means that Worcestershire have managed about three hours of game time ahead of the 2023 cricket season, which is hardly ideal preparation for Alan Richardson's men. But the head coach appreciates the weather as something that has affected all teams in the build-up to the LV Insurance County Championship campaign, kicking off next week. It is frustrating, but it's been a similar weather pattern for a large part of the country and we were thankful at least quite a few people could have a hit and a bowl yesterday, he said. The lads have also had the opportunity to practice in the indoor nets at Edgbaston, but nothing beats getting out on grass this time of the year in readiness for the new season. Worcestershire will have to put the disappointment of the lack of games behind them as they prepare for the opening fixture with Derbyshire next Thursday. Worcestershire have recruited some new faces for the 2023 campaign in Adam Hose and Matthew Waite, and Captain Dolivera is looking forward to seeing what they can do. We're really excited about them coming in. They're exceptional characters and obviously fantastic cricketers, he said. We saw Adam in the Big Bash in recent months, and when he played against us last season, we found out firsthand what he's capable of. He brings experience and knowledge in the game, and he has big aspirations of developing his game across both formats. As for Matthew, he had some time with us last year and fitted in well when he was here for the short time, so that's good for us. Overall, we have plenty of competition for places, and as captain, that's what we want to have. We want to have those headaches as a leadership team. Well, good luck to them. Let's hope it stops raining soon. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's the one about the Warriors. Former Worcester Warriors star Joe Batley is celebrating five years cancer-free by launching the 30th Cancer Research UK Race for Life in July. Back in March 2018, at the age of 21, Batley was diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma, a cancer which affects over 2,000 people a year in the UK, and worried his rugby career may be over. Fast forward five years, and the popular back row forward is enjoying his rugby with Bristol Bears following the collapse of Worcester Warriors, and is also enjoying life as a dad to 18-month-old Wilfred. Batley took time out of his training this week to help support Cancer Research UK's Race for Life events, which take place this summer, and he's encouraging everyone to get involved to fund crucial research into the disease. Talking about how he dealt with his diagnosis, he explains, Life has changed dramatically for me, from being a 21-year-old and being diagnosed with cancer, to a 26-year-old and now a father, which is the best thing ever. 
Obviously, when I was first diagnosed, it was up in the air as to whether the treatment would make me infertile. So that fact that I'm now a dad is unbelievable and is always something I always dreamt of. So that's been amazing. I'm lucky that my cancer was caught early and I had a lot of great support from the team at Bristol Bears and friends and family. So although what has happened to me is very much behind me, I know how important it is to support events such as Race for Life, which goes to fund vital life-saving research. A lot has changed in five years and it feels surreal, but at the same time, I can't remember too much what was going on at the time. I remember the feelings and how ill I got during the chemo, but life is good now. It's really good. Having gone through fertility treatment before being treated for cancer, we were over the moon to find out that we could conceive naturally and being a dad to Wilfred is amazing. Cancer Research UK's Race for Life is an inspiring series of 3km, 5km, 10km Pretty Muddy and Pretty Muddy Kids events, which raise millions of pounds every year to help beat cancer by funding crucial research. Money raised at Race for Life enables scientists to find new ways to prevent, diagnose and treat cancer, cancer, helping to save more lives. Cancer Research UK's spokesperson in the West Midlands, Paula Young, said, We're incredibly grateful to Joe for his support. We'd love for as many people as possible across the region to join us during our 30th year of Race for Life. Sadly, cancer affects all of us in some way, whether people are living with cancer, taking part in honour of or in memory of a loved one with cancer, or signing up to protect their own children's future. Everyone has a reason to race for life. And I'd like to finish with a good news story. The owner of a sports memorabilia firm has been on quite the journey and is targeting even more growth. From collecting autographs at New Road in Worcester to selling signed winning England 1966 World Cup shirts for £10,000, it's been quite the journey for the now millionaire Worcester businessman Peter Johnson. Peter, who owns Firma Stella Sports, has seen his sports memorabilia company expand exponentially in the last four years and it is now worth millions of pounds. In 2018, Mr Johnson was £10,000 in debt. But in 2023, he is the founder and CEO of a multi-million pound business that has become global. The motivation is still there. I'm up at four or five most mornings, said Johnson in an interview last month. You have to have a vision, set out what you want, and everything falls into place from then. You have to turn the wheel quickly and effectively in business. You have to quickly change things when you have drops and the same when things are going well. But the really exciting thing for me is what is coming next. We're going to become the number one sports memorabilia company in the world. And then my next goal is to grow the business to a worth of one billion pounds. I also want to inspire millions of people all around the world and I'm going to do that through public speaking. Having started collecting autographs at Worcestershire cricket matches as a child, Johnson's hobby turned into a job that would take him all around the world to obtain signatures from some of the biggest names in sport, such as Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo and Mo Salah. By the time England won the Rugby World Cup in 2003, he was travelling the length and breadth of the UK with his parents, collecting signatures from famous faces. 
He then started Firma Stella Sports in 2019, based in Hartlebury, and they now sell a full range of 100% authentic autographed sports merchandise, covering rugby, football, Formula One, cricket, tennis, and golf. Johnson also has exclusive memorabilia partnerships with big sporting names, such as England Rugby's Mano Tuilagi, cricketer Ben Stokes, and now Paul Gascoigne, who came to Hartlebury last week. Johnson has also recently begun the process of opening a firma Stella branch in New York City, where he now works and lives. Okay, so that concludes the sport and we've just got, well, we'll start with the birthdays and there are four coming up in the next week. Uh, One on April the 5th, happy birthday to Derek Nicklin and then three of our listeners have birthdays on the 6th, David Perks, Jenny Barson and Stephen Bishop. Wishing you all a lovely day and very happy birthday for, oh, it's just before Easter, isn't it? Well, I hope you get your celebrations in. Is that right? Is it just before Easter? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Thought for the week, please, Catherine. And it's an Easter reading. It's from John, chapter 19, verses 16 to 19. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle, Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So finally, sunrise and sunset times. The sun rose this morning at 6.49am and sets this evening at 7.39pm. And yes, clocks have gone back forward, haven't they? So we don't need to announce that. So I think that's it for this week. Obituaries will be recorded after the music, as I said. Um, and I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank Alex, who's behind the glass doing all the technical stuff. He's waving. And to Catherine and to Jim for joining me today in the studio. Have a good week and goodbye from me. John Sylvester of Ombersley passed away peacefully at home on the 14th of March, aged 81 years. A service of celebration and thanksgiving will be held at St Andrew's Church, Ombersley, on Thursday the 13th of April at 3.30pm. Family flowers only, please, but donations, if desired, for the Worcestershire Animal Rescue Shelter may be left on the collection plate at church or sent to E.J. Gummery and Son, 6070. 6870 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. Sylvia Kathleen Taylor passed away peacefully at home on the 17th of March 2023, aged 84. Funeral service at Worcester Crematorium on Thursday, the 6th of April at 3.15pm. Family flowers only, please. But donations, if desired, for the British Heart Foundation may be left on the collection plate at the crematorium or sent to E.J. Gummery & Son, 6870 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. Roger Chedgoy. It is with great sadness that Roger passed away on the 1st of March, peacefully at home with his family, aged 77. 
The funeral service is at Astwood Crematorium, Worcester, WR38HA, on Tuesday the 4th of April at 11.30am. Family flowers only, please. Donations in memory of Roger, if desired, to Guide Dogs for the Blind Association. Inquiries to A.H. Caldecott and Sons Funeral Directors, 15 Market Street, Tenbury Wells, WR15 8BH, telephone 01584 810281. Mavis June Gordon, also known as Mavis Kilminster, passed away on the 6th of March, aged 79. The funeral will be on the 19th of April, 2023, at 2.30pm at Worcester Crematorium. Flowers, if desired. Donations to the Cats Protection League. Tony Powell of Powell and Harbour Precision Engineering Limited passed away peacefully in hospital on the 17th of March, aged 74. The funeral service will be at Worcester Crematorium on Monday the 3rd of April at 3.15pm. Family flowers only, please. But donations, if desired, for Dementia UK may be left on the collection plate at the crematorium or sent to E.J. Gummery & Son, 6870 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. Richard Barnes passed away peacefully on the 23rd of March, aged 88. A requiem mass at St George's Roman Catholic Church, 1 Sansom Place, Worcester, will take place on Monday the 3rd of April at 12 noon. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, in lieu for Worcester Long-Term Stroke Support Club. Please make any checks of it payable to the Stroke Association. These may be left at the service or sent to Bedwardine Funeral Services, Worcester, 01905 Janet Denny died peacefully at home on Thursday the 23rd of March, aged 83. Janet and David's memorial service, as previously scheduled for David, will take place at St Peter's Church, Martley, on Thursday the 13th of April at 11.30am. Family flowers only, please. Donations for Janet and David to either the British, the Royal British Legion or St Richard's Hospice and may be left at the service or sent to Bedwardine Funeral Services, Worcester, 01905-748811. Andrew Philip Longdon. Andrew died on the 17th of February, aged 59. Funeral service at Worcester Crematorium on 21st of April at 1.45pm. No dress code. Family flowers only, please. But any donations welcome to Men's Minds Matter in memory of Andrew and in support of anyone out there suffering. It's an https slash localgiving.org slash andrew-longdon. Sandra Mary Reed passed away peacefully in hospital on March the 9th, age 78. Funeral service will take place at Worcester Crematorium on Friday, April the 14th at 1pm. 
No Flowers Please by Request. Cliff Locke of Worcester, formerly of Bromyard, passed away peacefully on the 12th of March, aged 82. Funeral service at Worcester Crematorium on Tuesday the 4th of April at 1pm. Family flowers only, please, but donations if desired for the RNLI may be left on the collection plate at the crematorium or sent to E.J. Gummery & Son, 6870 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR37EU. Douglas Arthur Willis, beloved husband and father, Douglas Arthur Willis sadly passed away on the 15th of January. The funeral took place on February the 8th at Worcester Crematorium. Edeline Barbara Jones, former nurse at Worcester Royal Infirmary, passed away peacefully on the 26th of February, aged 87 years. The funeral service at Worcester Crematorium has already taken place. Family flowers only, please, but donations, if desired for cancer research, may be sent to E.J. Gummery & Son, 6870 Ombersley Road, Worcester, WR3, 7EU. Flora Margaret Potter, nay Handley. In memory of Flora Potter, who passed away peacefully on Friday the 17th of March, aged 90, the funeral will take place at Astwood Crematorium at 2.30pm on Thursday, April the 13th.